Hey, everyone. Welcome to the weekly Auburn basketball update from Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. All right, Joe. Despite what, uh, you know, the guy in Kansas is doing, the Kansas City Star, but that even with Jesse Newell, I don't know where he ranked Auburn at this year. Didn't matter. Auburn got the huge home win against Kentucky in what was a truly exciting game that, that I got to watch uh, with just an amazing atmosphere in the jungle, beat Kentucky by nine points, uh, and that elevated Auburn to its first ever number one ranking in the history of their program. Yeah, I mean, that was a solid win. You know, we were ta- facing a blue blood like Kentucky, you know, in your conference at home, you know, it's going to be an electrifying atmosphere, but that comes with a lot of pressure to try to capitalize and win that game knowing that if you win, you have a good chance to kind of catapult up to uh, number one in the country. And so, yeah, I was really impressed with uh, the play, especially of uh, Walker Kessler. I thought, you know, he had some good dunks, good rebounds. Yeah, Walker had a great game, Joe, and the biggest stat that Walker had was zero, no fouls. Uh, he's, you know, the biggest problem he's had, and it's something you see with a lot of big men, is he tends to foul out pretty early. And he'll have to mm-hmm. sit on the bench for long periods of time so that he has, doesn't have to foul out when he gets some early fouls. In this game, he didn't have anything. He was doing a great job rebounding, playing defense with blocks. They did a good job getting the alley-oops to him. And he definitely spurred him on. And what I was really the most impressed with in that game is that I left it thinking that Auburn was, in fact, the better team. And not just a better team than Kentucky, a deeper team than Kentucky. Because what Bruce Paul did is he really showed the value of his bench by sitting a lot of his starters early in the game and bringing him in later. Uh, I saw Wendell Green on the bench for long periods of this game, and then uh, Bruce Pearl smartly inserted him at the end of the game and kind of used his legs, where with Wendell being so fast, at the end of the game he ended up getting 11 points, and most of those came within the last five minutes of the game, him drawing fouls and speeding down the court. And then Katie Johnson, I saw KD come in a lot later in the game than I usually do. And, of course, when he gets going, he has these big stretches. And, you know, I was just really impressed. I thought the coaching job by Bruce Pearl was really intelligent. Like I said, he didn't put all of his starters out there in the beginning. He kind of melded them in and really kind of squeezed Kentucky. And then once they got tired, he put in some of his big guns. And it was just really brilliant the way he maneuvered it. One thing that I think helps him in this type of matchup, you know, when you have the pressure at Auburn, I think it helps him having already kind of dealt with this at Tennessee before. You know, he's been a number one uh, on a number one team as a head coach there. And then also he has uh, faced off against John Calipari numerous times when he was at Tennessee and Kentucky. So he's very familiar with him. And I think that uh, schematically that helped him for the preparation for this game and also to kind of get his team in the right mindset for this type of environment too. You know, Joe, an interesting stat right there. You're talking about how he took on John Calipari. The last time that Bruce Pearl did have a number one team when he was at Tennessee, it was in 2008, and he beat Memphis, led by John Calipari, to elevate the Vols to the number one ranking. So kind of ironic that it was him beating Kentucky this time. They got Auburn its very first number one ranking. Yeah, I remember watching that game, the end of that game, very vividly back in uh, in 08. That was the, the Derrick Rose team from Memphis, yep. Exactly. The one that you and I talk about is probably the greatest team to not win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Um, but, you know, just a really great effort. Uh, the speech that, that Bruce Pearl gave afterwards was really good. You know, he's like, 
everybody always considers Auburn a football school, and that's what it, it's rooted in. But what my goal is, you look at what we're doing in basketball, you look at gymnastics now with SUNY Lee being up there, and Auburn is an everything school. And that's what he's pitching to recruits right now. And I love it. I mean, it's just a great way to put it because right now, I mean, you know, it was a pretty sorry football season. There's no way you can you can look at any other way. But if we end up winning a national championship in basketball, I'm pretty happy with the, the way the sports are in Auburn. And like I said, with gymnastics, I'm, I'm definitely going to tune in next time I know where their events are on because it would be great to get to see, see Sunny Lee. I know, you know, you also have uh, in recent years uh, the Women's College World Series and the, the Men's College World Series appearances too. Exactly. It's definitely very well-rounded in the basketball program, and I like what Bruce Pearl is doing uh, to sell that. And, and Joe, you know, what's interesting is a lot of people brought up that once Auburn got to the number one ranking, you know, when he was Tennessee's coach, he only held on to that number one ranking for one week because the very next week his uh, Tennessee team, fresh off beating – Cal's Memphis Tigers uh, lost to Vanderbilt, to a very bad Vanderbilt team. Well, it didn't happen, but it got really close to happening last night. Auburn played a Missouri team in Columbia, Missouri, that was really fired up, that played what I, what I thought was the best defense I've seen against an Auburn basketball team this year. Auburn didn't look very sharp. I think they have been reading a lot of news clippings about themselves. But the thing that, that spurred Auburn in that game was their defense and their rebounding. Yet again, Walker Kessler had a good game, a lot of good rebounding, but only one person really had a great game, and that was Katie Psycho Johnson. Everybody talks about how the dude looks like a madman out on the court. Well, he made all the difference because he had two separate runs where within two minutes he put up six points apiece, and he had 17 points. And him and Kessler were the only guys who even scored in double digits. And really, uh, it was interesting because Auburn won that game with Jabari Smith probably having his worst game of the season. He only scored three points. They really shut him down. And, you know, I think it was important for, for Auburn to see that even those teams that are at the very back end of the conference, you got a price on your head right now, and they're all going to play their best game against you. And that definitely happened last night. And, I mean, I was telling you a little bit about, you know, before the show started about the closing sequence. Auburn gets up by four. Missouri makes a three. And then Auburn uh, drives down with about 25 seconds left. They have to take a shot, and they take it with five seconds. And there's, you know, a scrum for the rebound that goes on. And the clock runs out right as the ball is going out of bounds, and Missouri didn't get the ball back. And you just saw shocked Missouri fans everywhere because it was starting to look like they were maybe going to pull that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you credit uh, to Auburn, you know, for being able to pull that out because, you, like, like you said, you know, it sounds like Missouri's defense just really played well. Kind of a takeaway for me: if you're Auburn, you feel like you know it's a game you probably should have lost, obviously, but that's the type of game you're probably going to have to win if you're going to make a run for the national championship. Like, there's probably going to be of the six games in the NCAA tournament there's usually one that's kind of an ugly defensive game. Maybe we're matched up against somebody like Wisconsin where they're going to kind of slow the game down and points are at a premium, and you have to win a game like that. West Virginia would be another candidate of that ca you know caliber and style. And so I think that this does bode well as a good test for uh, down the road. Yeah, Joe, and, you know, the last time that Auburn made the Final Four with Bruce Pearl, the very first game of the tournament was like that. They had to uh, beat a New Mexico State team – 
who missed a wide open three pointer at the buzzer to win the game. And the guy airballed it when he was completely wide open and they'd outplayed Auburn the whole time. And Auburn just kind of gutted it out and it got their focus back. And they made, of course, the final four run. I think this is going to be good because Bruce Pearl can take a newspaper and throw it at him and be like, stop reading yourselves in this. You see what almost happened here. Got to get yourself focused or someone's going to knock you out. So I think this is going to be a good thing for Auburn's team. And I definitely look for them to have a inspiring performance against Oklahoma and get a big out of conference win this weekend. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Porter Moser, the former, you know, Loyola coach and part of that uh, big 12 SEC challenge. That's right, Joe. And speaking of out of conference things, I think Ole Miss got themselves a big transfer in football. That's right, Dan. Uh, he has not officially um, announced, is my understanding, but there is a strong indication that uh, Jackson Dart has enrolled in classes uh, this afternoon in Oxford at Ole Miss. And so you would think that means that he is going to transfer to Ole Miss. And he's a guy, you know, that, yeah, he was a four-star recruit at USC, but I want to say his senior year of high school in Utah, he was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. And so, you know, really cool to see Ole Miss potentially get him you know, assuming that this is official. That's right, Joe. And what's even more exciting about it is what appears to be is starting to be a little bit of a pipeline into the state of California for quarterbacks for Ole Miss. Think about Matt Corral coming in, having the great career he did, and now you're following up with Jackson Dart coming in off fresh off a really good year at USC. That could be something that could be really good for Lane Kiffin to use his experiences of being the USC head coach to help Ole Miss start getting a lot of recruits in from the state of California. Yes, absolutely. And it's also the kind of splash that you would want and expect after, you know, going 10 and three and making it to the Sugar Bowl. You know, all offseason so far, it's been uh, vastly disappointing with the recruiting class. And so, you know, this is, you know, one of the first positive signs that's showing, you know, that what Kiffin's doing is paying dividends as far as players being interested. And it's my understanding that if Dart does officially come to Oxford, uh, his tight end teammate from uh, USC, Michael Trick, is also interested in uh, joining him at Ole Miss. That'll be big because one thing that Ole Miss is losing is they're losing a lot of playmakers from last year's team. They're going to lose, uh, you know, Chad Kelly's little brother at tight end. They're going to lose Ontario Drummond. Uh, there's going to be, there, there's going to be, you know, Vince Sanders. I think is gone. So there's definitely going to be some uh, playmakers need to be replaced, especially the wide receiving and tight end position. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, next year is still going to be, you know, a rebuilding type year, but it's a lot easier to rebuild with a, a Jackson a Dart potentially leading the way. Absolutely. And I think that Jackson Dart, uh, if he doesn't become the starting quarterback at the very least, he gives Altmaier a very capable backup. And that'll be a very compelling quarterback battle to watch in the offseason. Absolutely. Speaking of compelling watches, tune into our show next week. Uh, we'll be talking to the Senior Bowl. And, uh, you know, of course, it's one of my favorite events of the year, the best thing that happens in Mobile. And we'll be talking uh, some Senior Bowl and then looking back on uh, what happened in the NFC and AFC championship games and giving you another Auburn basketball update. And as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe.